What's going on, podcast world, podcast family? Uh, Spencer Davis here, back with another episode of the Church Voice Podcast with my co-host Tyler Rose. You were ready to I'm like you so ready, got in the dude. microphone, like oh, I'm I can't so wait ready. to say like, my name ooh, today. Say your co-host. <laughs> say your co-host. <laughs> So we are back with another episode of the Church Voice Podcast, where we're building the body of Christ through a variety of voices, and in particular, historical voices in the church to learn how to live like Jesus, right? Because these people lived like Jesus. They had some sort of attribute or and an really contribution to the kingdom. And so we want to learn from them. And that's what it's all about here at the Church Voice Podcast. Uh, we are, of course, completely sponsored, supported, and recorded at Christian Center Church, 530 East Ireland Road in South Bend, Indiana. You can find our website at christiancenter.org. Check us out. Um, feel free to look over the website, um, see what we're doing here at the church. So uh, yeah, Pastor Tyler, what's going on in your world, man? Oh man, just doing my thing. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Usually when you say that, people don't ask. I, do, what does it mean? I don't, I don't know. know. You tell me. You I said it. I don't know. What? Here's the thing. Here's the Just thing. Just doing my thing. Just doing my thing. What does that they mean? They don't know what your thing is. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know that this weekend is Mother's Day. Yes. And it is uh, it is my wife's second Mother's Day. Ooh. And to be perfectly honest, I I really screwed up the first Mother's Day. Really? Because I made the mistake of believing what she told me. Okay. Oh, don't do nothing. Exactly. I don't need nothing, baby. It's yes. okay. It's she was okay, like, hey, babe. don't make it a big deal. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I You're was like, so good to me throughout like, the whole year. All right. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, I'm good. Right, right, right. So I I took this to an extreme though. I got her nothing. At all? At like card, nothing, like flowers, literally, nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I took her saying, don't make it a big deal. Okay. To That's her a saying, rookie mistake. To her saying, get me absolutely nothing. Yeah. It was absolutely a rookie mistake. Oh yeah. And I will not fail <laughs> that again. She I said, bought her a card. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she said to me last night, she goes, Hey, you know, just don't make it a big deal this year. Don't and I said, Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you tell me that. <laughs> I refuse to make the yeah. same mistake yeah. that I made yeah, yeah, yeah. last year. Uh, so ask me what I'm doing. What are you doing? I don't know yet, but I got to <laughs> figure out something before Sunday. <laughs> Your wife is just a humble servant of the Lord. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's so good. I'm, a, I'm just going to give her a card that says your reward is in heaven. Yeah. I'm just saying yes to everything. Hey. I, I like, like, it's like a yes weekend for my wife. Yes. So she asked me this and then obviously it's passed now, but like she asked me this morning, um, you know, oh, I'm, I, I got two things. I'm getting my nails done and my, you know, and she was going to pay for it. And I was like, let me pay for it. <laughs> and I like, I like cashed her out to get, <laughs> to get her nails done and her, her and her eyelashes done. So I was like, uh, That's or awesome. eyebrows. No, she was getting her eyebrows done. So that's awesome. So yeah. And then I'm going to say yes to whatever else this weekend. And then she's cut off on Monday. So, <laughs> <She's cut laughs> on Monday. so yeah. So that's how that's going to go. Yeah. Cut off um, the inheritance supply. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, we're balling on a budget. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm excited for Mother's Day too. I have no idea what I'm gonna do either. So, um, so we're on the same on the same page. Yeah, we got to pull our husbands together, out man. there. How many of you know what you're gonna do for Mother's Day? 
probably none of you as well. That's, so that's probably yeah, the yeah. case. We it, are not the greatest of planners. That's how it is. Like if if I'm going to We so, always act like we got a plan though. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah, babe. Hey, for sure. Hey, look, absolutely. You absolutely love it. I'm very thankful this comes yeah. out after Mother's yeah, Day. Yeah, we hype up the nothingness. <laughs> so then when something comes, doesn't matter what it is. Yep. Like, yeah. Exactly. I mean, and here's the here's the thing. So I do a really good job at random times buying gifts, bringing okay. home flowers. Okay. 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 I'm not trying. I'm not boasting here. I'm just saying, I do a good job with that. Yeah. Every once in a while, boom, it'll Tyler just hit my Rhodes, mind. I do it. The best husband. Here's the no. Here's <laughs> the problem though. When it's something that I know is coming, mm -hmm. I don't do well with it. Yeah, I feel you. Because there's so much pressure to get it right that I never do. Yeah. Yeah. Never do. Yeah. And it's not that Dentine has these wild expectations. Oh like, yeah. You know, like rent a swan that yeah. we can like yeah. ride on the lake with, like a real swan. <laughs> A like swan that like, lays a golden egg in our living room. <laughs> exactly. And then in the golden egg is a card with candy. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not like she has wild expectations. Right. It's that I wildly underperform. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when, it's, when it's the planned times that are coming. I yeah. got to do better with that. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I think I think we, as young husbands, will probably get better as time goes oh, on. Oh, man. I hope and so. As, and as we our wallets to. get a little thicker. So. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> But hey, that's just how it is. Yep. That's just how it is. So, but anyway, enough about Mother's Day. Listen, I know this episode is going to come out after Mother's Day, but nonetheless, right. happy Mother's Day to our beautiful wives, to my wife, yes. uh, Taylor Davis. <laughs> I almost said Taylor Rhodes. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? But honey, you are doing such a great job and I'm so grateful for you. And of course, my mom as well. There Happy Mother's Day, mom. I love yep. you so much. Yep, exactly. So. <laughs> I'll do the same. Happy Mother's Day to you, Dentine. I'm going to say this later, assuming I smashed Mother's Day. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> the gifts were awesome. <laughs> and then Happy Mother's Day to, to my mom as well. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. Who was it when you almost said Taylor Rhodes? First of all, I've been called Taylor my whole life. But that's, really? That's another conversation. I've been called Tyler my whole life because my brother's name is Tyler. Well, so. see, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. My name, Tyler, is just close to Taylor. It's um, true. And true. It, yeah, I've been called that a lot. Who was it who was a new person at church who thought me and Taylor were together? Oh, I that Somebody. was, that was, was when so you funny first came because here. they asked her about it. And she was like, yeah. what? That's not my. Uh -uh, my and like, Spencer. if you get her, if you get her situation wrong, she's like, uh, uh, don't, uh, uh, don't put me in that. Don't be, don't be. Like, my wife is don't not be. playing. She's like, this is my husband. I, exactly. this, where, this is where we at. You exactly. know. So yeah, don't get it wrong. I don't remember who it I was. Forget. Though. Yeah. I want to say it, it was a, a new youth student. Or it something. was funny though. It was funny. It was funny. Yeah. It was funny. yeah. Those, those, those kind of things crack me up. But, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or, or when you, like when you know someone's wife or husband, but mm -hmm. you don't know their spouse. Yeah. And then when you see them and mm -hmm. you're like, okay, that does not fit. Yeah. That is not who I expected expect, to walk up here. <laughs> didn't expect that one. And, yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah. those things are funny to mm -hmm. me. No, that is funny. That's hilarious. Um, but anyway, enough hilariousness and, and uh, small talk. We want to get into our topic for today. And our subject for today, and, and when I say subject, I mean individual. Um, but we want to talk about a, a, a guy. Again, this is a more a more recent figure, 
Um, he's not like an ancient church history guy, but he's a more current church history guy. But I, he's he's of great significance. Really, wrote a oh, lot yeah. of wrote a lot of good material. And I'm just gonna read his bio. And this this bi this biography is directly from um, HenryNowen.org. So that's who we're talking about. We're talking about Henry J M Nowen. Um, and I'm just gonna read his bio, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Pastor Tyler will kind of. Uh, get us into our conversation for today. So um, this is the uh, internationally renowned priest and author, respected professor and beloved pastor, Henry Nowen wrote 39 books on the spiritual life. I didn't know that. 39 books. Wow. So he corresponded regularly in English, Dutch, German, French, and Spanish with hundreds of friends and reached out to thousands through his Eucharistic celebrations, lectures, and retreats. Since his death in 1996, ever-increasing numbers of readers, writers, teachers, and seekers have been guided by his literate, literary legacy. Wow, Sorry. man, that was I, a struggle. I was, yeah, really having a hard time with that one. Um, Nowen's books have sold over 8 million copies and have been published in over 30 languages. Born in Nijkirk, Holland. <laughs> I couldn't have done Born in that. Holland. <laughs> On January 24th, 1932, Nowen felt called to the priesthood at a very young age. He was ordained in 1957 um, as a diocesan priest and studied psychology at Catholic University of it's in Holland. You can figure that out. Google it. It's N-I-J-M-E-G-E-N. Yeah, I can't say that word. I got nothing for you. Okay, good. Um, in 1964, he moved to the United States to study at the um, Miniger Clinic. He went on to teach at the University of Notre Dame here in South Bend, Indiana, which that was my fun fact, but they said it for me. Um, and the Divinity and the Divinity Schools of Yale and Harvard. For months, uh, for several months during the 1970s, Nowen lived and worked uh, with the Trappist monks in the Abbey of Genesee. And in the early 1980s, he lived with the poor in Peru. And in 1985, he was called to join La Archie. And see, these things are difficult for me. Mm -hmm. I am struggling. Uh, the first of over um, 100 communities founded by Gene Vayner, where people with developmental disabilities live with assistance. A year later, Nowen came to make uh, his home at the Larchi Daybreak near Toronto, Canada. He died suddenly on September 21st, 1996 in Holland and is buried in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Now one believed that what is most personal is most universal. And he wrote by giving words to these intimate experiences, I can make my life available to others. His spirit lives on in the work of the Henry Nowen Society, Henry Nowen Stitching, the Nowen, uh, the Henry Nowen Trust, the Henry J. M. Nowen Archives and Research Collection, and in all who live the spiritual values of communion, community, ministry, to which he dedicated his life. Sorry, that was really long, <laughs> and I am not the best out loud reader. So 
bear with me. But if you want to check that out, that's at henrynowen.org. Um, but we w- just wanted to make sure we gave we gave him justice as yes. far as reading his bio. And that's directly from um, his website and the society's website. So um, Pastor Tyler, this is someone that you've shared with me on multiple occasions. Yeah. And we've talked about on multiple occasions. And you uh, brought this quote to me. So go ahead and share and kind of really get this conversation started so that we can kind of um, see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like you were saying, Henry Nowen was a Dutch Catholic priest, mm-hmm. not not the kind of author who I think would be so influential in my life and in the lives of so many other people. But his writings are just that way. And I really appreciated what his bio said about how he believed that in some way the personal was universal. Yeah. So when you read his books, and I know you read some of the book that that we're going to talk about today, they are very personal. He shares his personal experiences, his personal thoughts, and how God interacts with him and how he, he interacts with others. And then he kind of applies that to, I think we can all gain some insight yeah. from these things. Yeah. So in that way, he actually reminds me a lot of you. Yeah. I think you are very similar in that way. Yeah, I'm big on that. Yeah. I'm big yeah. on that. I think that's the, I, to me personally, I think that's one of the most effective ways uh, to minister to to people it, or minister in your writing or whatever, um, in your messages, all of that, you know. So it, it does speak to me a lot, the way that he writes, the way that he, you know, really inserts himself into everything he does. Um, I think that's what we're called to do. So, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I and I knew it would. Yeah. I, I knew it would. So this book is is actually a. It came from his friend asking him to give lectures to a group of ministers, pastors, and priests about Christian leadership. Yeah, and the book is called "In the Name of Jesus." And so, what he does is he takes three temptations that all pastors face and and talks about what the temptation is and then talks about the discipline that we've been given that can uh, help us run away from that temptation and, and to be free from it. And the three temptations are from relevance to prayer, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. The second one is from popularity to ministry. And the third one is from leading to being led. And so he he just, his words, again, like we said, even though they're so personal, they hit home in my life. And I know as you read, especially the section we're going to hit on today, it, it really hit yours. So I want to read this again. This is from the, the section on the first temptation, the temptation to be relevant. And then talking about moving from relevance to prayer. So Henry says this, One of the main sufferings experienced in the ministry is that of low self-esteem. He is 100% right. Oh, yeah. Many priests and ministers today increasingly perceive themselves as having very little impact. They are very busy, but they do not see much change. It seems that their efforts are fruitless. Meanwhile, there is little praise and much criticism in the church today. And who can live for long in such a climate without slipping into some form of depression. The question is not, how many people take you seriously? How much are you going to accomplish? Can you show me some results? But are you still in love with Jesus? Mm. Through contemplative prayer, which is what we're going to be talking about today, 
Through contemplative prayer, we can keep ourselves from being pulled from one urgent issue to another and from becoming strangers to our own heart and God's heart. Contemplative prayer deepens us in the knowledge that we are already free, that we have already found a place to dwell, that we already belong to God, even though everything and everyone around us keeps suggesting the opposite. So Henry's words here, I know they smacked us in the face yeah. as we talked about them. Yeah. And I know that this lecture in this book, he writes it with uh, people in ministry, like full-time ministry in mind. But I think it applies to a much larger audience because I think to some degree, especially in the world, I mean, this is back in, this is back in the 80s. So, and, and Henry hasn't seen the way the world is today, but his words are even more true with yeah, Christianity, just in general, yeah. just in general, that it feels like we're having very little impact. And it looks like on every side, we're losing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Even though I know that that's not true, that's just what our mind's eye tells us. Yeah. It just is. It I does. know so many people talk about, you know, we just, we rail on the church and we rail on Christians and this is wrong and that's wrong. And it's not that when we say and do those kinds of things that that's inaccurate. Um, but we 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 paint a pretty hopeless picture of of Christianity's influence in the world today, and that we're not as relevant as we think we are. And yeah, there may be a few big name pastors who are relevant. Some of them have sold their soul to get there, mm-hmm. and so you question if that's even worth it. But just as Christians in general, that that the stinging reality that we are largely irrelevant. And that what we believe at times doesn't seem to have a big impact. Yeah. We all feel that. Yep. Pastor or not, we yeah. all feel that. Yeah. And and if we don't, we will at some point. And and I hate to say that, but at some point we will, we will that stinging reality will catch up to us. But the practice that Henry gives in order to to keep us free and keep us fear from the temptation to try to be more and more relevant to water down the gospel more and more so that more and more of our culture accepts it. The practice he gives is contemplative prayer. Yeah. Now, we've talked about this a, a few times. Mm-hmm. We we haven't necessarily talked about contemplative prayer itself. Right. But we've talked about a lot of people who practiced contemplative prayer. Yeah. Um and contemplative prayer really really comes from um monastic Christianity. It really comes from that influence. And I think it was even last week, it was either last week or the week before, I talked about one of my core passions is bringing bringing contemplative prayer to relevancy, not necessarily in the world, but to Christians. Yeah. Say, hey, this is a practice that can help you. Because as pastors, I think, I think you would agree with me here. We'll see. Let me know what you think. To for me, I guess I could say, the biggest question or problem that people approach me with as a pastor is that they don't feel God. Yeah. They don't feel God. Maybe they maybe they say they feel far from him. Yep. Maybe they say they struggle to pray. Um maybe they say they feel distracted in their relationship, but it really kind of centers all around that same thing. Yep. That they know they should have an intimate relationship with God, but they're not experiencing it. Yeah. 
And I can say without a doubt in, in a lot of my life, I know exactly how those people feel. Yep. And I'm, I'm sure I'll go through another dry season in life. I, I'm not going to be too prideful to sit here and say that won't happen. But contemplative prayer for me is one of the key practices that has, that has drugged me out of prayerlessness, Christianity and and feelingness feelinglessness <laughs> experience of God's presence yeah to where um i feel more of God's presence now than ever yeah and again i don't say that i don't say that to be boastful i say that because i've come through so many weak so many weak experiences and so many weak moments where i i just wasn't things just weren't working out yeah and it was contemplative prayer right. that re- that really it was the tool the Holy Spirit used to move me out of that place. So contemplative prayer is prayer that centers on it doesn't center on words it centers on being with God. So one of the key principles of contemplative prayer is be before you do. So I just I want to be with Jesus, be with God, be with the Holy Spirit, even be with myself. I just want to make sure that when I sit down to to study and to have my devotion time, which I, I really don't even, I really don't even like that phrase to be honest. But whenever I have that time, I want to make sure that I actually show up. Mm. That before I do anything, before I right. before I pray, before I read, before I sing a worship song, before I write, that any before all of that, we want to make sure that we're just being with God. And one of the there's a lot of ways to do that, and we could talk forever about it. One of the best ways to do that is silence and solitude. So I'll kind of say this is the way I try to do it that helps me, and I want you to talk about your experience with silence and solitude as well, and then we can kind of hit the the nitty-gritty of some of those details. But something that has been revolutionary in my life is whenever I have a specific time devoted to spending time with God. Now, I know we can be with Jesus all the time, Everywhere we go and in everything, we should be aware of his presence. But I never felt that in my life. Never. I've never felt like I was always communing with him. It was always, I had to get to my devotional time in that morning. Usually I didn't feel him there. Sometimes I did. And then the rest of the day, I was working for him, but I wasn't working with him. Yeah. And one of the things that was revolutionary for me in that way was I begin every period of time that's set aside. I begin all of them with silence and solitude, which means that I am outwardly quiet and attempt to be inwardly quiet, that I want to be completely still on the inside and outside and just sit in utter silence. I want to try to silence the thoughts in my mind, the emotions in my heart, all in my mouth, that I want to silence all of those things and just be with God in that moment, that my heart's desire in that moment of silence, is just to be with God. No ulterior motives. I'm not asking him to speak to me. I'm not asking, God, I just want to be with you. And then I'll have my time. I'll read out loud. I'll pray out loud. And then I'll finish that with another period of silence and solitude to kind of to kind of finish it out. And, and because of doing that, the Holy Spirit has worked in my life in ways I didn't think possible. To where even though I'm I'm not there, I'm not where I need to be. I have not definitely have not arrived yet. 
because I Dallas Willard, another Christian author, I'm sure we'll talk about him at some point. He he wrote in one of his books. He said, "What if he was talking to pastors? What if the life that you describe to your congregation you were actually living?" And I've never been there, never been close, right. that the life I told people that they could have with Jesus, I was never close to having. And I'm, and I'm still not there, but I'm, I'm, I know I'm moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I can point to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life through those practices yeah. of contemplative prayer. And it's, it's invaluable to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something, if, if you're someone here um, and you, you struggle with hearing from God, you struggle with feeling his presence and from really knowing when you spend time with him, really knowing you actually spent time with him. I would strongly encourage some form of contemplative prayer. And I want to share your experience with Mm -hmm. it too, Mm -hmm. because your testimony of it is so powerful to me as, as we've been talking through a lot of these things. Yeah. We talked about this the other day is that I think it's important, so important for us here right now and and for the church at large to to one have the conversation of contemplative prayer and then two to define contemplative prayer and i love the way that you defined it in those details and the examples because number one and this is this is just context for where i'm at number one is that is that <laughs> to define contemplative prayer is critical because when you say contemplative prayer, the the word prayer becomes the primary and contemplative becomes the secondary. And I think anytime prayer is is joined to any two words, you know, if you've got two words and prayer is one of those words, the first thing that that we think, and, and especially within the Western society, you know, Western world, is is we think prayer. So my, my mind immediately goes to prayer. I, yeah. I attach myself yeah. to that word. So what happens is, is that I attach my, my understanding of that word to it, which is talking, which is talking yep. my, my, my full understanding of prayer is talking is noise is, I mean, whether you, <laughs> I'm, and I'm, there's, there's a place for all of it. There's Absolutely. a place for praying in tongues. There's a place for intercessory. There's a place for passionate, loud prayers. There's a place for crying. I mean, there's a place for all of that, but I think the overall general understanding of prayer is speaking. And, and I've had to, and, and I am in the middle of this wrestling between the two between my understanding of prayer as speaking, because what we do is we equate our speaking to productivity. Mm -hmm. And we think that we're being productive in prayer if we're speaking Mm -hmm. or if we're talking Mm -hmm. or if we're riled up or if we're belting out or if we're praying in the spirit for an hour. And we think, and we equate that to productivity. And we equate that to, if I'm not doing that, I'm not being productive and, and, and ultimately I'm not praying. Right. Right. And so I find myself in this place where I am, I am beginning to accept contemplative prayer in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and as we talked the other day, I, be, I, I, I had tears in my eyes mm-hmm. because I realized that I'm not praying the way that I used to with, with very many words, with I mean, and I and, and and again, this isn't a pride thing because I think there was more pride in that praying than there is in my praying now. Mm-hmm. But like, 
a, a very many words, a very great deal of time spent um, praying in tongues, praying it with with passion and vi- like you know. And and again, these are all private times. You know, not, it, nobody was there. It was just me and God, and 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 they were powerful times, and they got me to a certain point. Mm-hmm. But but I I do I do feel like at a certain point God said, "Grow up." God said, "Okay." It's time. It's time to to get to another place with me, because I. It, it, and what happens is, is that we get to this place where prayer is just a stirring up, yeah. and 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 our primary objective is to stir ourselves up in prayer and not really be with God. And so, I'm I'm at a point where I'm beginning to accept the con- contemplative prayer, but I I came to the revelation. And a revelation is just simply the awareness of something that was already there, right? That's what yes. that's literally what what yes. what revelation means. Like, yes. don't let anybody tell you anything different. Yep. Revelation is simply the the awareness or coming to the knowledge of something that was already there. Mm-hmm. So I came to the revelation as we were talking the other day, and I'm I'm like, I was hit by it. Yeah. Right. That I for so long I've felt like I haven't been praying. And the Lord spoke to me, spoke to my heart, nothing audible, nothing crazy, mm-hmm. but that that I've spent more time in prayer and I, I've been more productive in prayer in the in the moments of silence that I've had with him in all in all of the talking and, yes. and prideful praying that I did before. And I know that sounds odd, but but we can be prideful in our praying. Definitely. Like a hundred percent. We can we can do that. But I, I came to the revelation that 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 God has done more in me in the season that I deemed as prayerless because I wasn't talking as much. Mm-hmm. God has done more in me through my not talking than 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 he was doing in my in my talking. Mm-hmm. Because because I'm allowing him to do what he wants in me through silence and through contemplation than than my demanding of him to do something for me. There you go. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And so and 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 so that's that's kind of and I I I hope I'm conveying that well mm-hmm. because I'm I'm learning the critical critical nature of it. Even if it's cuz here's the thing, 5 minutes of of truly contemplative prayer is is equivalent to five hours of mm-hmm. of of speaking prayer mm-hmm. in your heart and in your life, mm-hmm. I, I truly I truly believe that that yeah. that 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 five minutes of truly contemplative prayer where where you you honestly sense the presence of God, not an emotion like it's not a it's not a demonstration of the presence of God. It's a true experience in the presence of God. And that can happen. Yes. That can happen in five minutes. Yes. That can happen in 10 minutes yes. of, of truly contemplative prayer. And so that is 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 far more productive for me lately. And, and, me and, and, I, and I'm wrestling with it mm-hmm. because I want to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I want to pray in the spirit for an hour. I want to, I want to speak. I want to intercede. I want to have this belting out of prayer. I want that. Mm-hmm. But, but, but God is saying, no, I, I've got to do something in you before you, before you do that. And so, but what jumped out at me about this quote is is the okay are you still in love with Jesus and like 
it's it's deep because that's not enough of a prerequisite these days. Very true. When it and, and even when you use the example in the in the the audience that he's writing to is is ministers and preachers and like how often is that even a prerequisite these days when it comes to hiring ministers? Right. When it comes to like like you've got all the all the credentials, all of the education, all of the knowledge, all of the marketing, all of the ability, all of the giftings, but are you still in love with Jesus? That's that's what hit me the most about that because that is not a question that you can answer if you are not in contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I I say that with all boldness and, and I'm I'm speaking passionately but at the same time, I'm like, God, I need more of this mm-hmm. because I can't answer that question mm-hmm. unless I'm in contemplative prayer. Mm-hmm. I cannot honestly answer that question in good conscience. And no one should. No one should. If if you are not truly in that place of, of silence and solitude in the presence of God. Yep. And, that, and, and I feel like that question has to be a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. That has to be a... a, a the primary prerequisite to serving, to 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 ministering, to to working, to to all of it, when we're bringing people on or when we're doing anything, yep. are you in love with Jesus? Are you still in love with Jesus? And because what happens is, is, like you said, so many people are lost and feeling far away because because they're not experiencing God the way that they used to, but maybe God is wanting you to experience him in a deeper way. Yes. And, and, and not in the way of a child where you're just, you're just bad. Like, like I love my kids, but they just go on and on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, and that's how we are with God sometimes mm-hmm. is that, is that we're just going on and on and on and on and on. And and maybe God just wants to sit. There's with no you. room to be. There's no We're room to be. Doing a whole lot. Yeah. There's no room to be. Exactly. Like so, every time we talk to God, we pray. Mm-hmm. But not every time we pray do we talk to God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when we pray, we just be with God. Mm-hmm. And that's very. And like you're saying, that's a very difficult thing to marry in our minds because mm-hmm. we talk because we talk so much about talking prayer, and it's it's important. Of course, we have to do that. And hey, speaking in tongues for an hour is amazing, but I feel more in love with Jesus through, like you said, just a few minutes of silence and solitude where I'm I'm aware of his presence, I'm aware of myself. Like Henry Nouwen said in the quote, he said, we have to be careful that we don't become strangers to our own heart and strangers to the heart of God for us. And contemplative prayer brings me into that awareness, brings us into that awareness of our hearts, the condition of our soul. How am I really doing? How am I really feeling? And and then God's heart for me. And I know that when I'm in those periods of contemplative prayer, which which my goal is to do every day three times a day. I don't do that. There are very few days I put all three together. But it's it's my goal to do that for my day to be centered around that that being with God. Mm-hmm. But I've experienced that in doing these things, and when they go well, and when I'm able to defeat my flesh and really enter in to His presence, I find that He's with me throughout the day, yep. and that even if my mouth's not moving, my heart is praying, yeah. my spirit is crying out. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew six verses seven and eight. He says, when you pray, 
Don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Mm. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. So one of the ways contemplative prayer uh, is helpful is, is, is it's because we are able to be silent. Yeah. We are saying, God, we trust you to fulfill everything that we could say because you already know it. That doesn't mean I won't say it. Sometimes I need to hear myself say what I need right. and what I'm going through or, or other people need to hear me say it. Or sometimes if, if we're interceding for somebody, we need to say their name out loud. But when we're able to be silent, we're saying we trust God with, with all the needs that we have yeah. and that we're not just going to go on babbling because we think, well, the longer I pray, the more likely it is that I'm going to be heard. Yeah. Jesus directly says here, that's not necessarily the case. And it's important that we prioritize that being with God so that when we talk, it's actually what God wants us to say. And I'll say this, and I'm going to let you go. No, you're good. Because I, I can see you're ready. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but but I have... So there's times when I try to, to engage in contemplative prayer, my mind's not right, my mm -hmm. heart's not focused, mm -hmm. and it doesn't go well. That happens mm -hmm. all the time. And then there's times where where the opposite is true, where I am, I am fully engaged. My whole being is, is ready in that moment. There has never been a case when that has happened where I haven't sensed God's presence in a deep way. Yeah. Where scripture hasn't come to my mind and where talking prayer hasn't, hasn't randomly come out at some point and where I haven't been more in tune with myself. Mm. And it's it's contemplative prayer is actually a very convicting exercise. Yeah. Because a lot of the time it ends up being the Holy Spirit's telling me about me. Right. And sharing how he wants to make me right and and wants to heal me from from the issues that are plaguing me. Yep. And it's it's in that time of contemplative prayer, not where all the all the words and all the noise and speaking of noise, and this is the last thing I'll say and I'll let you go. No, you're good. I had a youth student ask me on Wednesday. She said, whenever I pray, I don't hear from God and I don't feel his presence. Why do you think that is? And I said, well, I'm not sitting in your room with you when you try to pray, so I don't know right. exactly. The best answer I can give is noise. Mm. And she said, should I turn my worship music off? And I'm not saying, well, I don't necessarily mean that. I said, I would encourage you to do that to, for sometimes to turn it off. Now there's, there's times where we do need to have it on. We should worship and you know, all of that. But I said, not, I'm not just talking about outer noise. I'm talking about inner noise mm -hmm. that there's so much noise going on on the inside of us all the time that we never really get to a place where we're quiet enough to be with God. Mm -hmm. That's not him withdrawing from us. That's us needing to withdraw the noise out of our hearts and to do our best to focus in so that we can really be present in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and, and I know you saw me, but I, I was, I was looking up a scripture that just, just came to my mind and it's in Isaiah and I'm going to, I'm going to share two. Yeah. Um, but it's in Isaiah 30 verse 15. It says, for thus said the Lord God, the Holy one of Israel, this is what I want to say is that in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. Mm -hmm. But you were unwilling. Obviously he's this is a this is a prophetic word um in Isaiah, 
But again, what he's the the quotation part in returning and rest you shall be saved, and in quietness and in trust or in confidence shall be your strength. And that's what contemplative prayer yes. is for: is that in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And then so we have to, and then in Proverbs, sorry, um, Proverbs thirty-seven seven, it says, "But be still before the Lord and wait patiently." For him, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. But again, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. And so, like again, it's just it's really breaking ourselves of that mentality of of production and prayer being yeah. speaking and 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 pacing around and all that. You know, it's just, it, it It looks very different. And that is where we find salvation for our souls. You talk about, mm-hmm. you talk about soul care a lot. Yes. Like that's where we let God care for our souls. Yes. And I want to say one more thing because I, I, I want to make this very practical. Understand that your, your mind and the things that you feed it and all of the noise, I've had to learn that it's, it's like a filter right? You, well, really that, that silence and solitude is a, is a filter. That's what the filter is, right? Is that silence and solitude, taking that minute, that five minutes to, to shut your mouth, (laughs) to sit and to really let those things be filtered out of you because it, it, it takes time. And so if you haven't done this before, understand that it is going to be extremely uncomfortable for for a significant period of time. Yes. And and not the first time, not the second time, not and, and this is an encouragement because you got to understand the things that you're thinking about in that time, you you have to this is where you take every thought captive under the obedience yes. of Christ. This is where you allow the Holy Spirit to filter out the things that you have fed yourself over such a long period of time. And again, if you've never done this, it's going to take time. Yes. But as you begin to filter as you begin to allow the 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 Brita of God <laughs> to filter out all of the impurities, all of the things that you fed yourself, and I'm talking like, and, and I'm gonna be real, it's perverseness, mm-hmm. it is conversation, it is sin, it is all of those things that are that begin to be filtered out of you that 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 then God can get somewhere and then you can get into his presence. And it, and it takes, it takes some time. So just be encouraged in that. You're not just that bad of a person that Mm -hmm. you can't sit for five minutes and think about God. Mm -hmm. Please understand that when you take five minutes after this episode, understand that you're not just that bad of a person. Mm -hmm. You have to allow that filter to do its work. Cause here's what's Mm -hmm. cool. And I use the Brita, the Brita thing, but here's Mm -hmm. what's cool about a Brita, right? When you look at a Brita and you you fill that top portion up with water, right? It does not flow as quickly as you put it in. Exactly. Does that make sense? So think about a Brita filter. <laughs> okay, let's make this real practical. Yeah. But like a Brita filter, you put that that water in the top of the Brita, it it begins to drip out of the bottom. And it always frustrates the mess out of me yes. because I'm like, wait, I got to wait for this thing to fill up with water in order to use it? Yes. Yeah. But like that Brita filter, in order to filter out the impurities, it can't function at the same speed in which you put it in. 
So, so you have to, you have to wait for that water to fill up in order, in order to use it. And it's the same thing with this silence and solitude and with contemplative prayer. Exactly. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I I was going to bring up the same thing. When I, when I first started on the journey of of practicing silence and solitude, it was, I want to say, I don't know, five years ago, something like that. When Dentine and I were living in Alabama and I decided I do not get up this early now, okay? I'm going to go ahead and say that right now, straight up. But because of how early Dentine would have to get up to go to work, if I was going to get up before her and pray, because I'm the kind of person, I can't, can't nobody be up. Yeah, having, me neither. I just have yep. a hard time. Yep. Um, and so I would have to get up before her. So when I decided I'm going to spend an hour in silence and solitude every morning. Start from scratch. I'm going to wake up tomorrow at 4.30. Yeah. 4.30 in the morning. And I'm going to spend an hour. So I started getting up at 4.30. And it was awful. I would go out on my front porch and I would think about anything but God. And and some of the most vile, nasty, sinful, dirty thoughts I've ever had were in those times. And even in recent times of contemplative prayer. Because like we said, that's where you encounter yourself. But stay stay on the story. <laughs> so I specifically remember it was either day three or day four of going out there every morning. So far, I had gotten nothing. I took a journal out there with me. That mug was blank, <laughs> blank, blank, blank. Yeah. And I sat out there in silence for an hour. And the first 57 minutes... I thought about the NCAA. It was March Madness time. Yeah, oh. I'm like, who can be silent during March Madness? And I'm I'm thinking about only God knows what. I mean, just all sorts of stuff. But that last three minutes, the Holy Spirit just flooded mm. that place where I was sitting. Wow. Yeah. And I began to weep. Mm. And I'm trying not to right now, just yeah. even thinking about yeah. that moment. Yeah. And and he, the Lord spoke things into my heart that I've never forgotten mm. and I'll never let go of. And and ever since then there are still days where I practice silence and solitude and I don't do it I don't do it for an hour right right now. But there's times when I spend that time with him and and the whole time I'm just thinking about meaningless stuff. But there are those moments when he breaks in. Yeah. He changes, he changes my life in those moments. And like yeah. you've just said, your testimony, he has changed your life yeah. in those moments. 100%. Because when we finally get to that point where we're quiet, that's when God can speak to yeah. us. And it's not that I hear him speak to me every day. It's not that I even ask for that. But he, more often than not, he speaks to me through his word. Yeah. That a scripture that I don't even remember reading mm-hmm. or I haven't mm-hmm. thought about recently will just come up within me. And it's, it's timely. It's exactly what I need in that moment. Mm. Sometimes I'll just all of a sudden start praying out loud. Sometimes I'll automatically start singing a song. Mm-hmm. One thing that's been happening to me recently, and I am not a good singer, so this isn't necessarily, <laughs> this isn't necessarily a great thing for our neighbors, I guess. But, but all of a sudden, I'll start singing my own song, mm. just the, the song of my heart. You see yep. that in Scripture. Yep. They'll just start singing. And I, and there's there's times where that happens. There's times where I'll start interceding over a person, yeah. over a situation. Sometimes God will give me a word for me or a word for someone else. And sometimes, and on, if I'm honest with you, I cherish these moments I'm about to say the most. Sometimes I never end up talking. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't ever say a word. Sometimes I feel like I'm praying all day and don't say one word out loud mm-hmm. because my heart and my spirit is doing all the praying. Yeah. And and God knows what we need. And again, you and I don't share these experiences to say, oh, we're so far along. We're doing so great because we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not. Every time, every time I get in that in that place of contemplative prayer, I'm reminded of how painfully weak I am to make this happen. But when we do that, we open up space for God's mighty strength to come in and to give us the grace to do it. Well, and and here's the powerful part is that you are opening yourself up to God. Exactly. Because, Because here you are, here you are, attempting silence and solitude and you are having the worst of thoughts and the, but, but again, you are before God. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And like, how often do we really allow that in our relationship with God? If we're not in contemplative prayer, right. we don't, right. we don't. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's where you talk about intimacy. You talk about vulnerability. You talk about a true connection with with God, just like our, our connections with our real relationships, mm-hmm. is like it's not until that person knows the 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 nastiness in me, and and still loves me, and I and I experience that love from them. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that we become we we get to be in a deep relationship. Mm-hmm. The nastiness that my wife has seen come out of me. Yes. And, and the fact that she still shows me her love creates the intimacy that we have. Like that's that's a part of it. 